So welcome to Thursdays of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. You might be wondering what you're doing here, but like I've mentioned before, we are going to start doing two podcasts every week, and, and here we go. It's time. Hit the ground running. So these podcast episodes will consist of either a throwback to an episode you might have missed, you know, way back at the beginning. We're, you know, 100 episodes into this. This is crazy. Or it's going to consist of a guest episode, people that you need to hear from, people that are sharing their story with you so that you can better understand this whole situation that you're in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. As you may have noticed, the Covert Narcissism Podcast has a new look. Well, kind of a new sound. You know, it's better sound, a studio recording. I'm sitting in front of a mic and lights and, and a camera. And, and my producer came to me and, okay, yes, those words actually just came out of my mouth. I have a producer. What? I've never had a producer in my life. This is crazy. But he came to me and he said, hey, you should charge for a second episode each week, you know, to help cover these costs, like a, a bonus episode, a patron program. And I went, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's not in my heart to charge for these episodes. I just, I can't. This is my mission. I want to scream it from the rooftops and spread the word about covert narcissism. So I told him, I said, look, we just, we got to find a different way. So you've probably noticed some small ads now in the podcast, and I really, truly want to keep this to a minimum. And if you feel like you need to skip over the ads, you know, that's okay. Just do. I've done that myself in podcasts that I listen to, but you know, my attitude about it's actually changing. And now I'm starting to listen to them because every little bit helps with these costs. And so I do want to support these podcasters I'm listening to. And that's just a small way that I can. But if you need to skip over them, do. It's okay. So instead of charging for a second episode, we're going to open up donations. So if you are finding value in this and you can contribute to our cause, please join us. And as you do, I want to reward you. I want to thank you for your, your commitment, for this monthly donation, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. It can be small. That's fine. Whatever you can do for whatever length of time, there's no obligation here. But I want to include you in this mission. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm working on a book and the title of the book is still in the works, but the title I'm liking right now is Grasping Covert Narcissism, subtitled Catching a Ghost. And if you can donate to our cause, I'm going to send you the first chapter of this book. I want you to read it. I want you to rip it apart and give me some feedback. To donate, just go to the top of the link at the show notes. It's nice and easy, and it's greatly appreciated. You all are a part of my journey, so please join me if you can. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. Welcome to the show today, and uh, just thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. So, um, so you've been uh, with me in in a couple of you know some of my group sessions, and you've been a part of all of this, and and you've listened to my podcast. Can you tell me, like, what would be something you'd want to share with this this world out here? Maybe a little bit about your story and how you kind of figured out what was going on. Well, it was kind of crazy. So I was married for 36 years. I still am. I'm not divorced yet, um, but I left in September. And I've been married for 36 years and really miserable for a lot of that. But 
I had so many people telling me, oh, you're so lucky. You got one of the good ones. Your husband is so awesome. Just all the good things, you know? And and I know he, he seemed like he seems like that out in the world. He seems super friendly and everything. Um, but um since July, um, I it, it's so crazy. It's like the veil was lifted in July. Um, you know, I always thought like there was some, I really thought there was something wrong with me and that like my expectations were too high that I didn't make myself clear enough when I was explaining things, you know, like I know I've heard you say in your podcast so many times, like you thought, well, if I just explain it the right way, you'll get it. And we're not going to go through this again. You know, like you just keep repeating the same cycles over and over and over again. Um, And the thing about my husband is that he was incredibly um, passive aggressive and covert. Like I, I don't think I've ever heard an example of somebody who was as covert as him because you know, not only, you know, like he did, not only did he not hit me or anything like physical, but he also didn't scream. He didn't call me names. In fact, when I told him, like, I, I've just discovered you're a covert narcissist. He's like, and I explained to him what that was. He was like, I have never called you stupid. And I'm like, no, you haven't, but you've rolled your eyes. You sigh heavily. You just stare at me like I'm really dumb. Um, And one of the books I read talked about nitpicking and like, that was the thing. Like if it, like, I just felt like in the movie, um, or the Hitchcock movie, the birds, like, I felt like he was those crows. Um, because you know, like if I said the time, you know, like somebody said, what time is it? And I said, one ten. he would say it's one Oh nine. Wow. Or it's 111. Um, and if I said, you know, it's 97 degrees, he would say it's 98. And he didn't say it in a mean way. He's just said it like I got it wrong. Like, and I I there were even times I said to him, How can you stand to live with somebody you think is so dumb? Like he would correct me on everything. He would correct me on colors. Like, like if I, if I said a color wasn't quite right, like the kind of stuff that you would correct a four-year-old on, you know, cause you want a four-year-old to get it right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as an adult, like I wasn't allowed to round numbers, you know, or like, well, if my, my phone said it was 97 degrees, I'm, you know, and his said 98. Well, obviously I can't read the number, you know? And like, I, like, I got to the point where like, I would like hold up my phone, like, look, it's 93 degrees (laughs) and like shove it in his face when I said it so that he could see, I can read numbers Um, and that kind of stuff. So it was. (laughs) And what was the effect this was having on you? Like on the inside? I didn't realize it at the time, but that is why I had absolutely zero self-esteem. I had no self-confidence. I have my own business. And one of the experiences that I just had yesterday um, was that last week I had hired a new person and she was just messing up every single day. She was not doing things that she should have been able to do according to like the resume and the interview and this kind of stuff. She wasn't following through. Like she would say, Oh, I'm going to do that right now. Two days later, it still wasn't done. Um, And 
I was like second guessing myself so much. And, and I sent an email to this um, team building coach that I worked with last year and she wrote back and said, you know, you know what to do. Like, if you know that you explained everything to her clearly, you know what you need to do. Like if she's not meaning meeting that and reading that in her email, I was just like, Oh my God, she's right. Mm -hmm. This is why I stayed with somebody for 36 years. (laughs) You know, like, like I can sit there, I can look at all of the emails and the messages and and everything and go like, no, she knew exactly what was expected. She knew exactly what she was supposed to do. I have verification right here. She's like, I'm going to do that right now. Mm -hmm. Two days later, it's still not done. But I still had that in my head. Like, oh, I must not have explained it correctly. Like I, you know, I was totally blaming myself, just like I blamed myself with him for 36 years. And so, you know, I told her, I said, I feel like I've gotten a crash course in learning about me, you know, since I left in September. I mean, I'm just, it's crazy. It's been four months and, you know, I have these aha moments and I'm I told my therapist last week about one of my aha moments and she's like, you could be having those for five years. You know, this is not at all unusual because that's a lot of stuff to go through. Um, and a lot just- of stuff buried under the rug over all these years. And then it starts. Yes. Those aha moments come. Yeah. Last week or a couple of weeks ago, I just had an argument with myself in the kitchen because um, I'm standing there staring at this eight day old taco meat and trying to decide if I should eat it or not. And then all of a sudden I realized this was not an internal personal conflict. This was an, this was his voice still stuck in my head saying, there's nothing wrong with that meat. It's only eight days old. It's perfectly fine. And yeah. He could eat meat that was two or three weeks old and it was perfectly fine. The fact that I would get sick if I ate meat that old meant that my intestinal system just wasn't as healthy as his. Um, and like all of a sudden, like this, this article I had read about coercion being abuse, I was like, Oh my God, that's coercion. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get me to do something that I didn't want to do. That was dangerous. Like people have died mm-hmm. from food poisoning. Mm-hmm. You should not be trying to force somebody to eat old meat. And well, and and the point being, you shouldn't force anybody to eat anything that they don't want to eat, regardless. And yeah, alone if it's meat that yeah that that will be a a risk to your system. So covert abuse gets inside of us. There is no doubt about that because like the argument you were just having with yourself, okay, you are out of uh, the relationship, correct? Like I know you're still in the divorce process, but you have moved out. Yes. Yeah. And yet you're still finding that this is now inside of you and having to be dealt with. Is that true? Oh, goodness. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so it's it's a journey and it's a process. Are you finding things that are helping you to kind of work through that? Yeah. Journaling has helped so much. Like all of a sudden, you know, I'll be writing something um, and all of a sudden, you know, like I'll have realizations. Like when I was writing about that whole taco meat thing last week, it, it finally occurred to me that the reason that, um, 
I have such a problem really feeling like accepting this whole idea that like the world is abundant and, you know, prosperous and stuff like that is because he would wear clothes until they were so ripped and torn that they were worthless. Like I would look at the jeans sometimes and say, like, it's winter. Like those are not doing anything to keep your legs warm. Like you might as well be wearing shorts um, or wearing shoes when the front of the sole has come off to where like they're a trip hazard. Like, I honestly don't know how he could walk in them, you know? Um, and, and then one of the other things too, that I realized after realizing that he was a narcissist was also realized that he has OCD and he's a hoarder. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's just like, he has this such a scarcity mindset and, and being like, there's not enough in the world. I have to keep everything. I have to use it until it's literally falling off of me. I need to save everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were things that were just complete garbage that he would not throw out. Um, and I just gradually gave up on like, you know, like I gave up on the basement. <laughs> I gave up on a building outside our house. And um, and then they just filled up with stuff because he never wanted to throw stuff away. And before I made the decision to leave, I actually had ordered a dumpster and we were standing there and he was refusing to throw away a 20 year old bicycle. No, 35 is a 35 year old bicycle. Um, he was refusing to throw it away because he paid seven or $800 for it 35 years ago. And he hasn't ridden it in like at least 25 years. Wow. But he hangs on to it. Yeah. 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 So so now that that you are out um and have some more separation, are you finding are you finding a new peace within you? Or describe how that is to people who are now in these relationships trying to decide. I'm sure trying to get out was scary. I have oh gosh, yes. It was. So it's really funny because the week before I left, I was like crying the whole week. I knew I was leaving. I told him I was leaving. I was going to be moving in with our daughter. And in in fact, like a couple of days before I left, I, I either I was crying or trying not to cry for the whole day um, because I was just terrified of the idea of of moving out and being on my own again. But once I got out, like it was wild. Like my daughter and son-in-law had said, you can stay with us as long as you want. And in my head, I had kind of thought, you know, I'll stay about three months and then I'll get my own place. But it was almost like the minute I was at their house, like I woke up the very next morning feeling so empowered and like, oh my gosh, this was so easy. I'm getting my own place. And so like, literally I moved out on Wednesday, Thursday, I was on Zillow Friday. I was looking at places Monday. I signed a lease Mm -hmm. and I moved in to my own place. And it's so funny, you know, like you end all your podcasts, um, wishing that everyone finds so much peace. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. And then (laughs) once I moved out and was on my own, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's so peaceful mm-hmm. like you just i just never really understood the gravity of those words that you were saying until i was out and then it was like 
Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, and, and even then, like in the very beginning, you know, I would, I would have these crazy little arguments in my head and they're, they are getting less and less in the beginning. It was like, you know, about the toilet paper is the toilet paper upside down (laughs) or, you know, are you turning the blinds the right way when you close them at night? Oh, should they be, do you have them upside down? Should they be closed the other way? I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. You can do it any way you want to. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, that peace, I cannot express it enough of when I finally found peace within my own home. It was such an overwhelming experience, which is why at the end of every every one of my podcasts, I wish everyone so much peace because that peace is there. So thank you for saying that. It is, um, it is an amazing thing. Yeah, it, it's incredible. It's like I can put the toilet paper whichever way I want. I can turn the blinds whichever way I want. I can throw away meat after five days in the refrigerator. You know, I don't have to answer to anybody or, or feel like I'm too sensitive or too weak or have a poor immune system or, you know, yeah, anything like that. You finally have the space to be human. You have the yes. space to be you. And, and part of this journey of the healing journey, when I say I wish some people so much peace on their journey of healing, it's that you're finding your way back to yourself and, and the freedom to be you again. Okay. If there is anything you would want to say to those out there who are struggling through this and trying to kind of decide or figure out what to do or make sense out of it, what would you tell somebody who was at the place where you were when you needed to hear it? Oh gosh, it's so hard to know when somebody's at the right place. Cause I've been seeing a therapist for years because I thought I needed to be fixed. Um, and I would tell her stories and she would say to me, he's gaslighting you. And I would just be like, uh-huh, yeah, and just keep talking. <laughs> like, yeah, you weren't um, ready to hear it. You don't hear it until you're ready to hear it. No. And then one day in July, he was gaslighting me and I just, my mouth dropped. Oh, it's like the light bulb came on. My mouth dropped open. I looked at him and I was like, you're gaslighting me. <laughs> did you tell him that? I did. I said it out loud and he laughed and goes, what? Yeah. Because I had been saying like, you're lying. Why are you lying? Yeah. Like, you know, you're lying. Why are you lying to me? And then all of a sudden the word gaslighting popped into my head and I said it. And that it, it was just like, wow, like the veil was lifted and, and it was really scary. And when I told my therapist, she's like, okay, so look up all this information on narcissism. (laughs) She gave me all these resources. Um, and you know, one of the things I really thought, um, I think this, my big sticking point was he's so covert. He never called me names. He never screamed. In fact, silent treatment was his favorite thing, you know? If he disagreed with me, he didn't say anything. He'd roll his eyes. He would sigh heavily. That's pretty much it, you know? Um, And so it was really hard for me to believe that he really was a narcissist, even though I was miserable. Um, And I had said over and over and over for years, like, I don't feel like you respect me. 
And then when he finally believed me, when I finally said, okay, I'm going to move out because you're a narcissist and I can't live with you anymore. Um, he's like, oh, I will go into therapy. And so he got not one, but two therapists because he thought I'll start with two and, you know, see if one's better than the other. Um, and he just seemed so, I mean, he really did seem like a little boy who had got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and was really, really genuinely sorry. And there was this tiny little part of my brain that was like, oh, maybe, maybe I've got the unicorn here. You know, this is the guy who's going to change, you know, and because he just seemed so serious about it. And then in November, um, we got together for our oldest daughter's birthday and he was like, and our, our grandson asked me how old my cat was. And I said, she's two. And he immediately says, she's two and a half. And when I started trying to tell a funny story about my Alexa, like I got one sentence out and he interrupts me like, oh, of course, everybody knows that. And it's like, well, that was an introduction to a funny story that I was going to tell you. Right. Um, and just, there were so many things. Um, I, I went, and the funny thing is that when I went home that night from the party, I'm like, wow, I handled that really well, you know? And I thought I was doing great. And then at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up and all the conversations were just spinning in my mind. And I was like, oh my God, like he had no clue. Mm -hmm. that he was doing anything wrong, like no clue whatsoever. And I was thinking he can't change. Like he's, he has no clue that he said anything wrong. Like he thought he was just being a wonderful, charming person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and yet he said, like, he interrupted me. He corrected me like all these little things that somebody on the outside probably wouldn't even notice. But when you're being corrected like that on a daily basis, like it just made all the memories come flooding back. And that's when I realized like, oh my God, there is no way he can change. Like it's, yeah. there's not because he just is completely unaware of what he's doing. Um, and that was when I was like, I can't. Um, and then on Thanksgiving, which was like four days later, I started crying. And that was like the first time since I left, you know, I told you I cried the whole week before I left. Um, the day I moved out, I was on cloud nine. I was so excited, so happy, so cheerful. Everybody is like, wow, you're so happy. What happened? <laughs> um, and I thought, yeah, this is kind of weird. Like I just left my husband and I'm like happier than I've been like, in I don't know, 35, 40 years. <laughs> um, and then on Thanksgiving, I just started crying and I could not stop crying. And I realized like, I cannot go to Thanksgiving. I cannot be in the same room with him. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I called and, and I was crying. I couldn't even stop crying to call. I called and said, I, I cannot be there. I cannot be in the same room with you. I, and, and I'm like, I'm setting boundaries. I'm like, I cannot, I do not want to have any more conversations with you. If you've got something business related, you know, you can send me a text or something. I don't want to have any more conversations with you. You have no clue all the things you said at our daughter's birthday party 
that were condescending, interrupting, correcting, um, just very, just not nice that, that set me back. I don't know how far, um, but I'm just done talking with you. Um, and that was the end of it. And then the really fun, um, thing that happened was about four or five days later, I got this notification on my phone and it says, your average resting heart rate has dropped by 10 points. Wow. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I've never even looked at that. And okay. so I opened the app and my, from the time it started, cause I have a smartwatch from the time it started tracking in April of 2019 until the end of November, my resting heart rate had always been around 70. And now since around the first of December, it's been in the upper fifties. Wow. Wow. And and the now that it right there. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I told him, I was like, I waited a couple of weeks because I'm like, oh, this is just a fluke. Like, and I'm I'm Googling, like, you know, what affects your resting heart rate? And, and it's like, okay, I have not started training for a marathon or something here. The only thing on the list that has changed is stress. Yeah. Like I just set this very solid boundary. Um you know, about five days before this number dropped. And I, I'm amazed. I am not an athletic person. And now I'm like, my resting heart rate is in the fifties. There's a lot of power in no contact. Like that really truly is a boundary that that boundary finally can give you so much space. So, well, thank you for joining us. We need to uh, close off of here. So thank you so much for sharing your story with, with my audience. You're welcome. I hope it helps somebody. All right. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.